baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. So glad we're going to go to our friends in Canada in about 25 minutes from now. So if you haven't heard that, we missed it last week because of Easter, but we'll get to spend time tonight with the shift and Shane Hewitt. I'm so happy that Chris decided to hang on. Chris, welcome to Overnight America. Good to hear from you. Hey, what's up, brother man? Anything new? You find uh, any leads lately on the job front? No, no leads. I'm uh, uh, applying to the, the state of Missouri for unemployment, but it's not going to be long, long term. It just it, but there's just no no, yeah. no fish are biting out there really. So it's just it's just going well, to be short term. Yeah, short they got some extra benefits out there, so that's not bad. Sure. Um, okay, so you've been holding and, on. Uh, what were you calling in about? I want to say I love you, Big Al. I I love when you call, man. You 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 hit you hit the home run on a lot of points, so uh, it's good to hear you. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Colleen with the Jimmy, that the guy, that guy's a uh, saint of the uh, roadways, man. I just that that is a great story. I'm you know <laughs> what happened with this tire. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the, let's just a few more random things. Uh, the Eid ride in uh, with the new owner. I I. I have a feeling he's going to do okay. I, I just, uh, that it's good to see that some new life in it. Hmm. And I uh, hope so. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm glad, uh, you're, you're feeling better, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's good to hear you chipper there. And, uh, yeah, last week at this time, I was not feeling so hot. I had to take Monday off, uh, as a sick day. And then, you know, even the last couple of days that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was a little bit tough. I mean, it was, it was fine today, though. I mean, things have been getting pretty good. The hardest part is trying not to make sure, you know, trying to keep my wife healthy. Because, you know, if she goes down, that makes things a lot worse. So we had oh, to yeah. keep a little bit of separation there. And she's feeling, a, I mean, just a tiny bit. She can kind of feel it, but she's not uh, in bad shape. Dude, you, don't want, you don't want mom to get sick, that's for sure. No, do not. She does too much and work it, in the house for it, her to get sick. Sure, exactly. And just two last things. I would have liked to have seen that even I'm a former city, uh, South city uh, resident. I would have rather have seen Kara Spencer uh, win the, uh, the mayor's race. I I think she had a lot more or better ideas. And uh, what, uh, 
what uh, Tashara had to say about the uh, people that were praying at Forest Park. I mean, well, I commented on that before, but that's, you know, I guess a lot of people have forgotten about that. But uh, Totally disrespectful, uh, yeah. yeah. And um, she, she's done some pretty shady things, too, things that are worthy of investigating, like that no-bid $7 million contract to a donor. That's nonsense. So that things like that are definitely not a good look, and she kind of got a free pass about a lot of different things. That's for sure. Well, we'll we'll see how progressive politics uh, 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 transpires uh, downtown. I, I don't have much faith in it. And uh, just the last word, Ryan, the lady that is picking up trash on the side of the highway, or I get to different roadways there, that's dangerous, man. I just I'd say I, she just got to be careful. And I, I don't know how much it would really help the homeless people, but it's 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 a noble thing to do. I would just want to do it alone because I you just you never know who's out there and uh, safe. You know that's not the safest thing to do unless you know you have a safety vest on or t-shirt. But uh, still, it, you just never know nowadays. But the city's getting all that what five five hundred million dollars. They need to spend spend it on more police or yeah. maybe uh, boost the uh, uh, refuse department too. So. Could be. Well, I think there's a lot of things that could be on the list there. Let's hope it's not wasted. Uh, thanks, Take Chris. Care, it's good to hear from you yeah. tonight. So the one story that he's referencing is from the last hour is from KSHB in Kansas City. So basically, she was going to places where the homeless would go. So mostly it's under the highway when there's a bridge or something along those lines. There's a lot of that going on. So you're out of sight, but they were there when it was emptied out. So basically a lot of trash left over for something like that. Uh, 314-436-7900. If you want to call in, you can. A few things I want to get to. I saw this one story at KMOX.com. Missouri Task Force wants your foul-smelling trees. I thought, this would be great. Maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll try to camouflage my gumball tree to make it look like one of these uh, Bradford pear trees and get the city to come take care of this thing. And they don't have to clean up gumballs all year round. That'd be great. And then our friends in Canada with the shift and Shane Hewitt, will get with them right around 1230. So excited to bring you that as well. If you want to jump in before we get to that, you can, it's overnight America KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Maybe I'm the only one that's surprised by this, but there is a Missouri Invasive Plant Task Force. So in the state of Missouri, I guess, I don't know how many people they hire there or how many botanists or whatever are involved, but I guess your tax dollars do allow for this to happen. And what this post that went out says, says we are replacing invasive calorie pear trees with trees that have ecological benefits. So let me point this out real quick. A calorie pear tree, some say they're stinky, um, foul smelling. What do they smell like? If you have one of these, or maybe you know, just educate me for a moment. I'm looking at a photo, and I, I think I've seen these before. They look kind of familiar. I can't say that I could you know, locate one or uh, if someone said, I need you to take me to one of these Bradford pear trees right now. I wouldn't be able to do that. But they do kind of look pretty. Uh, But what do they smell like? Why do they smell so bad? Uh, 314-436-7900. So the task force, along with the Forest Relief of Missouri and the Biodiverse City St. Louis, will host this buyback program on April 20th. You'll receive a native tree of your choosing to replace it. So do they come out and just chop the thing down? Is that how it works out? So it says the pear trees, the calorie pear trees have been a tree many people have enjoyed through the years. However, besides the fact that these trees often break apart in storms, they have a foul smelling flowers. It turns out these trees are spreading throughout fields and forests, causing problems in more natural areas. We are excited to work with our partners to provide great native trees. So this is more than just a cosmetic thing. This would be to try to help if you had one, they don't want this spreading like wildfire and it's, the, it's of no use to nature. So it might be nice to have one, but when you get a whole bunch of them all together, it's all good. It's not so good. It's kind of like that uh, gremlin movie. So if you keep them out late and get some water on them, you're in trouble, man. They multiply and they're no good. The ones that multiply, but if you just got the one cute one, that's probably for the best. There's a website link you can go to. And you can get that link at KMOX.com. It says participants of the buyback program will receive potted uh, replacement trees in three-gallon containers that stand between four or five feet tall. So not a bad start to those bad boys. That's actually really nice. I think that's a really good deal. Take advantage of that if you got one of these trees. Now, if only they would say, hey, I want to replace the gumball trees. Oh, my goodness. I would call that number, and I wouldn't stop calling until someone answered, a live person. I'll say, come and pick her up. I got three of them, three of them on my property, and they are quite the menace. I would almost replace them with anything. I would replace them with one of those fake house plants that you'd have inside that make it look like it's a little mini tree or something. You know, I'd, I'd put that in its place as dumb as that would look. I'd say, go ahead. I don't care what you put there. We're going to talk to our friends in Canada in about 10 minutes, so I'm, I'm guessing our conversation will be a little bit better than this. I wanted to also bring up this one story that I was fascinated by because the White House press briefings apparently have been fooled by a fake correspondent, Casey Montago, Montagu, Casey Montagu, posed as a reporter, was a fictitious reporter, fake credentials that had access 
to asking questions as part of these White House briefings. In fact, was even requesting things through the Freedom of Information Act and among other things, was requesting documents from White House officials as you know, part of the stories or whatever they were said they were working on. Four times in recent weeks, members of the White House press corps have relayed questions to Press Secretary Jen Paskey, uh, Saki, excuse me, from claiming to be a fellow reporter but couldn't be in the room due to COVID protocols. You've seen that more and more frequently where you have the press room that would normally be filled every single seat. But in recent uh, year, every other seat, every third seat, whatever it is, they're spreading out just to make sure there's enough space because of COVID protocols. And then when a reporter does ask a question to Jen Psaki, they would say, well, this one's from a colleague that couldn't make it into the room because of protocol. So they do that. Four times in recent weeks, this fake reporter, Casey Montagu, who doesn't exist and no one really knows who he or she is, is not an actual reporter, but still found ways to get that questioning in there. I read this and thought, I really don't know how to react to this story. My first thought was, this makes the Biden White House look foolish. But then I thought, no, not really. I mean, they're just being asked questions. It's There's nothing that they could really do because they didn't actually give access to this person in the White House. So it, it doesn't really make them look bad. Should I be rooting that someone found a way to cheat the system and they haven't, I mean, or is it more a cautionary tale that no one does due diligence or background checks anymore? No one cares to? Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe part of the problem is that when someone says or does something, they don't call the source. They don't look it up for themselves. They're lazy. Maybe it's just laziness. Maybe that's the takeaway here. Maybe the takeaway is anyone could do this. The, the takeaway is if you want to get information from the government, you have access to it. That's the takeaway here. And as it goes to show you, who knows? It's probably someone overseas. The way I'm reading this article from Politico, they did a write up on this person. They probably are from the UK or somewhere over there. They just don't know for sure, mostly because some of the images that they put on there are from the UK. So they're not really able to identify because the person working anonymously through Twitter and some of these other things have been posting White House schedules, White House pool reports, things like that to make it look like they're a part of the system. So it's not good. Uh, it's not bad. I don't know. I really don't know what to think of this. I, I just think it's kind of, you know, funny, kind of funny in its own little way. It shouldn't be funny, but it is funny in its own little way. All right. When we come back, I think we're going to have a minute or two, but what we're going to do is hook up with our friends in Canada in The Shift with Shane Hewitt. Now, we missed Easter, and I have a couple of things I want to talk to him about. Normally, what we would do is talk before the show just through email, and we come up with a couple of ideas. Here's a few things I wanted to ask you. Then he would say, here's a few things I wanted to ask you. And then normally, we don't talk about any of those things, and it's just whatever we feel like talking about. So we'll see how this goes today. If there's something you want me to bring up with Canada, text it to me at 314 314- 436-7900. That would be the best thing for you to do. Otherwise, we'll take a look at your weather coming up in Canada, too, next on Overnight America, KMOX. We've got about one minute before we hook up with our friends in Canada, and I'm looking forward to talking to Shane Hewitt. I, you know, I do want to ask him about homelessness in Canada. I wonder what their situation's like, if there's just... 
uh, hot spots or if it's a problem all across the country, what it may be. And a lot of it has to do sometimes with affordable housing when you look at California. So maybe they'll be a part of that. Let's kind of dip in and listen to Shane Hewitt. I'm kind of curious what they're talking about before the uh, interview. Oh, are they there? Are they listening to us and we're listening to them and it's a kind of a quiet time? Oh, they're linking in. Let's take a listen. Let's say hello to America as America says hello to Canada. Connecting the shift and Ryan Wrecker from Overnight America via KMOX, the voice of St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Through the magic of technology, Ryan Wrecker. Hello, Shane. Hi, brother. How How are are you? you? (laughs) We're just hanging out here, just dealing with the COVIDs. How are you doing down there in St. Louis? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We're just getting uh, back into the swing. We missed you last week because of Easter. See, I don't get a day off for holidays. I have to work holidays. Really? You don't get a day off for holidays? We got two days off for Easter. Oh, so nice. The the way it works here is because the way our contract works as talent is that you get a lot of vacation days, but you have to work all the holidays. So we get we get it on the back end. But you have to, you know, you just have to work. We don't have an unstaffed radio station. For the most part, we don't have an unstaffed radio station, too. Although this weekend, on the long weekend, we did run some best ofs, I think, because there's an awful lot of people that are really burnt out. But I think that we, uh, yeah, no, we we get some, I don't know, I guess we do okay. I'd be curious to talk to you off the air what a contract looks like in America versus Canada. That'd be curious. We um, should do that. land of talk radio. Yeah. Probably should have some ideas around there. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I was talking about something earlier, and normally we kind of chat through email some ideas of what we could be talking about. But it seems like mm-hmm. whenever we do that, we never talk about the things we say we're going to talk about. I, I did have a question <laughs> about something about Canada. Do you guys have a homeless problem? Are there certain areas that have homeless problems? Yes, there is uh, homelessness is a problem in Canada for a lot of different reasons. As you can imagine, the winter is very, very dangerous in many cities and homelessness is very much a one of those chicken and the egg scenarios with drugs and mental health and uh, that it sort of gets into the crime and that cycle begins it is different though from what i've seen in um down in the states so there was a when i would go to oahu in waikiki there was a corner in fact there was a guy on the corner where i went i don't know six months apart on a trip and he was still living on the corner. Like he'd still, it was right in the middle of Waikiki because he was allowed to be there. You couldn't kick him out. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady who was sleeping on, when I was there one week, she was sleeping on a park bench in front of the police station, I imagine, because it was the safest park bench around. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't leave that park bench for seven days. Wow. And in Whoa. Canada, in, yeah, in Canada, they um, it's different here that you, you can't squat like that. You can't just set up. A camp just anywhere so i don't know if it's like that in all the cities yeah like in the united states it's uh, there was a supreme court ruling last year and basically it said that if it's public area and it's not in the way of anything you're allowed to use it i, I can't remember the exact justification or the why the it was ruled that way 
So you find that in a lot of areas, if it's just a public area that the police either leave it alone or what you find is cities in California seem to have the worst problem with this because the cost of living is so high and the taxes are so high. And it's like the housing is just so incredibly expensive that people find themselves unable to get anywhere to live. So they decide to stay in a certain area. It's gotten to the point where large cities like New York or Los Angeles, what they'll do is they'll say, hey, if you're homeless, we'll buy you a train ticket or a bus ticket out of here. Pick any city you want. We'll let you become someone else's problem. You'll probably have a better chance of survival there. And it's gotten to that point where you're just transporting the homeless around. St. Louis has a homeless issue. There's a lot of large cities that have it. Yeah, there's a, we, we definitely are guilty of deferring the problem, but it tends to be neighborhood to neighborhood. They revitalize. That's the magic word. Let's revitalize this neighborhood. And they invest a bunch of dollars into real estate and commerce and whatever. And then it usually takes away the homeless popula- population, but they just make their way to another neighborhood. So we're sort of guilty of it that way. And in uh, Toronto, for example, you still see the homeless folks set up on the heat grates, those exhaust grates that you see on the sidewalk when you're walking down the oh, street. Yeah it's warm warm air vancouver we just had a tent city in vancouver that was set up that was you know crazy uh, how many people were there living in tents and just trying to you know the homeless the homeless folks there so it's kind of different everywhere you go it's a i don't understand how you fix it um but yeah. it, deferring it's not working well, i can tell you that give me an idea what the cost of living is i think are you in calgary yeah, so I'm in a small town just outside Calgary. There's just about, I don't know, 75,000 people in my city. Um, right outside Calgary. Calgary is, I don't know, 1.3 million-ish, roughly. I don't know, something yeah. like that. So cost of living in yeah. Calgary, because we are in Canada, the the way the government has been working has been really crushing the oil and gas industry. And so, like, in Calgary right now, one-third of the office towers are empty. So economically, Calgary's not going anywhere in housing. So Calgary's been always pretty affordable, although the average cost of a house in Calgary, I would guess, is probably still four hundred thousand. Um, mm-hmm. Not like the average cost well, in Vancouver, which is still skyrocketing. What do you get for four hundred thousand? I sold a house. I was on this is uh, two thousand seven. I sold a house in on the west side of the city. We had a partial mountain view of the Rocky Mountains. It was a, we call it an infill house, so it was pretty skinny. It was about 28 feet wide, two stories tall, you know, a little poster stamp yard in the front. Um, I, I, it was 28 feet wide, I think was the lot even. And then in, there was an alley in the back, like a laneway and gravel laneway, no garage. And I sold that house for $415,000. Cool. Um, and that was in 2007. Whoa. So Yeah, that seems. Uh, but now I'm, I'm doing a quick I can con- tell you this. version. I was going to say yeah. four hundred and fifteen thousand Canadian dollar would be about three hundred and thirty grand United States dollars, according to the conversion right now. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. My buddy in his place when I was in that house and I sold that house, he's in a four thousand square foot estate home in Atlanta, in Cumming, Georgia, just outside Atlanta, and I could have walked into his estate home uh, and bought his estate home with the cash that came from that house. Oh yeah, and he's in it's a four thousand square foot estate it? home. Very I, can, I can give you one better. Like in Ottawa, where my Melanie is, 1,300 square foot townhouse, like row house townhouse, new ones that are maybe eight years old, seven years old, um, sold for $600,000 attached uh, Canadian. Wow. So That to me seems just so much because 
you think a townhouse would mean that you would have no property associated with it, right? Yeah, just a tiny little postage stamp, yep. Yeah, oh, wow. How much was that again? Mm-hmm. 600 and what? It was about 620, I think it sold for, was the final number. Um, there okay, was so another house 493,000 US, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, anecdote, there was a house that was listed for 1.5 million uh, in Ottawa. It was very nice, lots of acreage, lots of dirt, uh, right on the river, everything else. I think it was listed at 1.5 million, sold for 2.7 million last week. And um, that was the the rate. So, like houses are built different here because of the winter. Like the they're way different in in how they're built in in insulation and all that stuff. So that's a thing. And the other part is is that this is where Canada gets it wrong. Is inflation in Canada with all of these things is nasty. We don't we can't go just buy a house like all of these uh, great. I don't know if you like to watch those DIY house flipping shows. Some of them are amazing. I love, I love them. them. Love them. You cannot do in Canada what they do when they go buy a beat up old house that has a crawl space. Um, cause houses in Canada have to have, for the most part, have to have a basement. Um, that, uh, so you can't go buy a house for, you know, that, that $55,000 and put a hundred grand into it and sell it for 200. I mean, that doesn't happen yeah. here. You never get that yard either. Well, so, yeah, I, I watch a lot of this old house. I don't know if that's just an American thing because of PBS or if that gets up there, but it's like HGTV mm-hmm. except more hands-on. So is the reason that you have to have a basement is because you normally want to get a foundation or something underneath it below the permafrost line, so you really have to dig deep anyway? I would imagine that's that's kind of what I've always assumed is the case, is because of the fact that you tend to see crawl spaces in the warmer areas like on the coast. You don't see them anywhere else so like the slab based homes that when used to watch um oh what's his name ty pennington build a slab home yeah. on those shows for in a week yeah no that's not a thing that's funny slabs i just like that name i mean that's sounds like a great radio disc jockey name doesn't it slabs hey you're listening to slab yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot that uh i think a lot of different areas are still trying to figure out how they're going to react because of covid and you got different problems in canada you're right with the energy like for us a lot of these different cities are going to be infused with a lot of money the government just signed another giant stimulus package which sends direct payments to a lot of cities like st louis for example is going to get 500 million dollars to try to combat but they can spend it in other ways. They just have to try to, I guess, loosely base it on COVID in some way or fashion. So there's always the big debate on how these cities are going to spend it. Did, did the government send money to individual cities to help fight COVID in Canada? Yes and no. Um, the the government, Canadian government, did a really, really good job. They've started some of these support systems right off the get-go and some of them went really well and some of them were really really crappy and some of them didn't work out Mm. and some you know the wage supplement was a big one so for companies that were losing x amount of business year over year you were allowed to apply for wage supplement so that meant you can get more employees on and the government was supplementing those wages that was a big one that helped a lot of people there was a basic benefit kind of like an unemployment insurance except was based specifically on covid the restrictions were different. So if you lost work for two weeks because you had to be off, you could you could apply for that benefit. So they, they've done a really, really good job with a lot of those things. That's for sure. Of course, in politics, there's an awful lot of looking at this and saying, prove it, uh, show us where the money went. And I think that time will tell, much like what happens down in the States. Kind of, I mean, we heard 
hear about some of the earmarks that are buried in some of those bills in the states. Do those ever surprise you when it's like, hey, or here's a billion dollars for COVID and a new bridge for New Hampshire? Like, that seems weird. <laughs> I know. And like here, we have the city of St. Louis and then there's St. Louis County. So they're two different governments and each of the different governments received money. So the way that the city spent it is different than the way the county spent it. The city actually did a pretty good job at spending it. At least we're financially responsible. The county was not so much responsible and they're heavily criticized and rightfully so should be criticized for it. So that's what we're watching round two of this money coming in. How will it be spent? Is it going to be used in a way that is uh, effective or not? And we have a new mayor of the city of St. Louis coming in in just a few weeks. So that's also the question. New mayor, new administration, what are the priorities there? Because they haven't really put a detailed plan on what they would do in order to spend this. We got a lot of problems in St. Louis. The homicide rate's still very high, like in a lot of these major cities in the United States. And a lot of people are wondering, are, are things going to continue to get worse? Or are they going to spend some of that money in order to try to put some programs in place that could help alleviate that and maybe take that away from you know, where they could be spending it for other COVID related things. Is there any um, specific, I'm just curious. I mean, is there a specific thing that that money gets spent on? Does it go into, geez, I don't even know more parks or, uh, you know, new buses with bigger windows. <laughs> I don't know, like how did what you would spend it on, but those are bad yeah. examples, but is there a specific that you guys have there for what, what your city might spend for COVID? Yeah, spending? There is, I think, really anything, as long as they say it's COVID related. If it's federal dollars, they have to say there's some relation to COVID. So let me give you an example of how that could be loosely translated. So like in St. Louis, we saw funding going towards like temporary things. Sometimes they would say, "Okay, we're going to put together um, temporary morgues in case there's an overflow of deaths. Now, luckily, that wasn't needed. But they, you know, they spend it on stuff like that. Sometimes they would say, OK, uh, the homeless is could be spreading it. So if they're on the street, not as sanitary, don't have access to what someone else may have access to. So what they decided to do in St. Louis, they built some of these tiny homes as a way to say, OK, this might actually help the stop of the spread, even though this is really our primary focus is to help the homeless in the county a little bit more liberal in the sense of spending. For example, one of the things they got highly criticized for was the prosecutor, the head prosecutor in the county wanted new flat screen TVs. So they put the new flat screen TVs in all the offices there. And he said, this will be great for our teleconferencing. We need these flat screen TVs. That one was looked at and said, oh, not really a COVID expense, but it, it did qualify. Yeah. Well, I get that. Isn't that funny? There's always that guy. There's always one. Always one person who takes it to that place who just seems to screw it up for everybody. I don't like, I find it hard. I find it hard to figure out what, what, because everyone can be critical of what the government does, but it is kind of hard to come up with ideas about where we should spend the money. I mean, there was a time in Alberta where they had gone to McDonald's and McDonald's was distributing free masks for every Albertan. All you had to do is go through the drive through and ask for masks and they would give you a packet of 10 masks or whatever it was along with your order. You didn't even have to order any food, and it was free masks from the provincial government of Alberta. So does anything like that happen? I'm guessing not. 
I haven't really seen mass distribution. I, Joe Biden did mention that they were thinking about mailing people masks, but I think that kind of got squashed. I, I don't think that was something that really got far. But there was another instance. This is a pretty good instance. You talk about government and bureaucracy. So in the county, I think they hired someone. I, I believe the rate's like 150000 a year. So not a low-paying job, actually a pretty high-paying job to help coordinate some of these different sites where they distribute the vaccine. Now, as it turns out, they've done such a terrible job of setting these sites up. Individual organizers are taking it on themselves to try to get these sites set up because the people that they hired as the government aren't doing the job properly. Wow. Well, we have contractor problems in Canada, too. My goodness. Ryan Record, we're out of time, brother. Thank you so much. Always good hearing from you. Ryan Recker, my, my pleasure. It truly is. Ryan right. Recker at That's Camelax our buddy uh, Shane Hewitt with The Shift up in Canada. Look at that. Really, we could talk anything. I'm going to have to hook up with Shane and maybe talk to him off the air some more. We've been talking about setting up a camera so we can see each other because they actually, since he works remotely from his other producers and things, they actually have this like camera set up. And he said, hey, we'll pipe you in one of these days so we can actually look at each other while we're talking. I don't know if I want him to see me in my pajamas. That might not be a good look for anyone. And then they would not take me serious. And then from here on out, they would refuse to do these. But I enjoy these interviews just so much. I don't want them going away. Um, he joins us every Sunday night, 1230. We do that hookup with Canada. Always a good time. This is Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's always great when we get to connect with Canada. I always, always enjoy our time. And being that it is a Sunday night, it's kind of nice too. I think both of our shows are a little bit slower on a Sunday night. And I think the shift goes on even nights when Shane's not working. So he has a different host that comes on one of those days. So it's kind of cool. I mean, they are a busy group of people and they are all across Canada. Like we are here in the United States, just a little bit different. They're on different stations through their chorus radio network. And KMOX just has that long, long reach with the powerful signal few stories i want to get to here's one that really took the internet by storm last week we started to get a look at elon musk's Neuralink and the experimentations on monkeys with these implanted chips in their brain so i watched the video of how they train these monkeys and i was really impressed because what you um see is the training feature of at least trying to get the different wavelengths into the computer so you can learn the pattern that the monkey uses. So to kind of give you an idea of what this looks like, uh, the monkey looks normal. It doesn't have any problems with it. I mean, it, it even has all of its hair grown back. So it leaves me to the impression that this thing was implanted. Either it was not intrusive at all, or it was done so long ago that, you know, the training has been going on for a while. So this is what it looks like. It's a flat screen TV and it's mounted and underneath this flat screen TV is like a large metal straw. I think the monkey is rewarded every time the, the screen does what it's supposed to. So what this monkey has is this little knob. And what this knob does, well, it's, it's more like a little hand controller. It's almost like a joystick. 
And on it, it's this little cursor dot. And on the screen, a orange square pops up. And the monkey uses the cursor dot in the handle to move the cursor dot into the square. And then once the dot touches the square, the square disappears and it pops up somewhere else. So the monkey has to continue to control this little cursor. And every time it happens, the monkey's rewarded. You can tell because they're sending something down the line with the straw must be getting something it likes. So what they use that as a way to calibrate their computers. And as the computers were being calibrated, based on reading the monkey's mind, the wavelengths and things that are up there, eventually it gets to the point where they play that same game, but they use it as a game of Pong. So you have the exact same cursor back and forth, and the monkey, in order to try to stop the little cursor from going off the screen, has to think, okay, I need to move the little controller down to move the paddle down. But in this case, he's not using his hands. There is no controller. There's no paddle that he's using. He's only using his mind. And in his mind, he knows he's rewarded if he stops that little ball from uh, going off the screen. And he can do that by thinking about it, as in if you were to move his hand. You ever heard of stories where someone loses a limb? They lose an arm or a leg or whatever, and they have the phantom leg syndrome or phantom limb syndrome, I should say, where it feels like it's still there. It feels like they're controlling their arm, but there's not there's no action that goes along with it. It just feels like it's still there. It feels like they're moving their fingers, moving their toes or whatever it is. And that's pretty common, this phantom limb syndrome. It goes to show you that your brain is a pretty powerful tool. It could do things that we don't use it for. I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm sure we haven't unlocked in our own selves. But the thought that in your brain, it's telling you to control your arm that's not there, but it's still sending the signal. It's still sending that exact same signal to move your arm, even if it's not there. It's still move your leg, even if it's not there. And now computers can pick up on that. And it's demonstrated through this monkey. Once you put this chip in your brain, and it starts to understand you and it's calibrated properly, it can take those same signals of what you'd have been sending to your arm or leg, translate that into computer code, and then have something done. You're controlling something with it. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? Really remarkable. Uh that I saw that if you want to do a, a search, look up Neuralink. This video is pretty popular. Maybe I'll post it on the Facebook page. I don't know if you want to see that, but it's kind of cool looking. It's, it doesn't look like the, hunky, uh, the monkey is being harmed at all. It looks like basically the monkey is just in a setting where there's this like jungle wallpaper. So they try to make it as comfortable as possible. And it looks like it hops right up into this chair and it just like plays its game. It has no problem. No problem at all. So it doesn't look like it's being hurt. doesn't look like there's anything that uh, would give the monkey any problems. So maybe I'll post it on social media. All right, coming up in the next hour, I'm going to replay a couple interviews from this past week. And starting this week, reporter Megan Lynch here at KMOX has a series called When Will It End? The series When Will It End? Talking about the pandemic. So we're going to talk to her about that. And celebrity chef Andrew Gruel is going to join us. He's been making a lot of different TV rounds. I saw him just recently surprising someone with uh, David Portnoy from Barstool Sports, getting some money to save their restaurants. He's got his own funds that are going on. 
I saw him do a video over at Reason TV, which I thought was pretty cool. So he's joining us too next hour. If you want to join in, text us. That's always a good way to 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 